Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode might be a little bit controversial. We're talking all about bachelor and bachelorette parties, also known as hen parties, hen do's, hen nights, stag party, stag do's, stag nights, stag weekends, stagettes, stag and doe, buck and doe, lots of different names, but basically the big party that the bride and her girlfriends or the groom and his guy friends, hopefully it's, you know, mixed gender at this point, the big party you go on, you know, in the days, weeks, months leading up to your wedding where you get to celebrate like your last night of freedom, a big party, uh, you're, you know, you're single for the very last time. And there's often penis decorations or strippers or things of that nature. Lots of, um, as Wikipedia puts it, sexual debauchery. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about today. And as you can tell from the title, my opinion is that these parties have really gotten out of control. And by that, I don't mean, you know, the prudish take that like, oh, one too many penises, like, as many as you'd like. (laughs) More than just the parties themselves in terms of the costs and the planning and the amount of time they're taking have really um, gotten a little bit, yeah, gotten a little bit wild, gotten a little bit out of control, become a little bit unrealistic and sort of fallen into this trap of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, what we see on Instagram, what the celebrities are doing. And we've really gotten away from the reason we started having these parties in the first place and what they used to look like. So as you can tell from the title, my little preamble here, this might be a bit of a controversial episode, maybe a little bit of a rant. I clearly have an opinion and a bias. If you don't feel the same way as me, that is totally fine. If you do and you're nodding along, that is awesome too. I hope you listen either way because I think even if you are rah-rah, I love bachelor and bachelorette parties. I run a party supply business. This is my favorite thing. I'm so excited for mine. I can't wait to plan my best friends. Um, Even if that is you and you like really cannot wait to wear all white on a weekend in Tulum, which (laughs) if you listen to other wedding podcasts, you know uh, what I'm referencing. I still think it's good to get this other perspective and kind of have a different take and maybe that'll help you plan your bachelor or bachelorette party in the best way possible. Um, This episode is called uh, Bachelorette Parties Have Gotten Out of Control. Obviously, this, I think, can apply to bachelor or bachelorette parties. And if you don't feel comfortable with either of those titles or you don't really identify as a bride or groom, I think the basic premise is still the same here. I'm probably going to use bachelorette as my example more often, just as those are the parties that are most uh, well known for sort of getting to be, you know, more expensive, more lavish. Um, But I think, you know, it could apply to anyone. So let's jump in. we first need to start with where bachelor bachelorette parties came from. So according to Wikipedia, (laughs) the source for, you know, everything true and knowledgeable, bachelorette parties actually date back to the fifth century. And of course, they started as just bachelor parties. The ladies didn't start getting their own parties till well, well after that. So back in fifth century BC, the ancient Spartans celebrated the grooms last night as a single man, and they had a dinner and they had toasts on his behalf. So that sounds pretty tame and pretty much, you know, like a modern day bachelor party. 
Um, the next example that Wikipedia has is in 1896. Um, Herbert Barnum Seeley, who was the grandson of P.T. Barnum, who you might know from The Greatest Showman, he held a stag party for his brother, and apparently they had a dancer there who was dancing naked amongst the desserts. Um, the party was dissolved by a police officer, and uh, Herbert Barnum Seeley's family ended up bringing that police officer to trial uh, for sort of like I guess, getting them in trouble <laughs> for exposing what they were doing, for, you know, showing off that they were doing some sort of indecent acts and um, opening the, the closed door, because apparently before that time, you know, bachelor parties were really behind closed doors. It wasn't really a thing you talked about. And then the actual word bachelor means young knight in training, and that comes from a 14th century reference to an unmarried man in the Canterbury Tales. Um, so lots of history with it. And of course, it started with the bachelor party. And again, the ladies were not allowed to have fun until many, um, and in some cases, many hundreds of years later. <laughs> I don't think, uh, again, Wikipedia tells me it wasn't till like the 1980s that it really became a thing for women to have their own bachelorette parties. So that's kind of where we started a night out with the groom and his friends some sort of indecent things happening sometimes, but mostly just, you know, a dinner together, some drinks, possibly some naked dancing, who knows, <laughs> and then the women sort of doing their own version of that. So that's where it came from. But these days, it really feels like, especially bachelorette parties, have to be a long weekend away. You have to go to, you know, an international destination, you have to take a few days off work, you have to fly, you have to book a hotel, there's going to be like three or four nights of going out drinking and clubbing and going on boats and you know things like that you gotta buy all these special outfits so it really has come a long way from the single night you know a dinner and drinks with your friends and possibly some dancers um it really has become a big thing and this is sort of the premise of this whole episode i think that's really gotten out of control i think we kind of need to come back to that you know just a night out with your friends dinner drinks dancing as opposed to a long weekend in bali with you know 17 friends and going out every night and just paying a ton of money, which leads me to my first point costs. So obviously, these big trips, you know, asking people to go on international trips to places, you know, they got to pay for their flights, they've got to pay for the hotel, they've got to buy new outfits, they've got to buy decorations and gifts and alcohol. And, you know, just everything when they get there, eating out, souvenirs, activities, things like that, it really, really adds up. And it's kind of wild that um, that we're expecting our friends to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to attend our bachelor or bachelorette parties. And I know there's the whole thing of like, you know, I, if you are upfront with your friends about what the costs are, they can back out. But at the end of the day, you are expecting some people to say yes, right? Like the whole reason you're, you know, you're planning this thing, you're wanting this big party is you want to go away with your friends and you want them to pay whatever it's going to cost to have the type of bachelor or bachelorette party that you're planning. So you would be devastated if you came to your group of 15 friends and said, hey, here's what I'm thinking, here's the cost. And every single one said no, right? Like that would be crushing. Maybe you're expecting, oh, a couple people are going to drop out. You know, this one girl's pregnant. This one girl uh, just got a new job. This other girl just lost her job. So, okay, you know, three or four are going to drop out, but the other 10 are definitely going to be there. That That's what you're wanting. Um, and that's, in my opinion, that's a big ask. That's a huge ask to um, have your friends pay that kind of money. And again, I can, I can hear the rebuttals. I know a lot of people are going to say, but you know, that's just what it costs to travel. And my friends are just going to look at this as another friend's trip. And that's great. But I think there's a huge difference between a friend's trip and a bachelorette. So for example, I was invited to go on my friend's bachelorette in 2016 to Las Vegas. 
Um, we are in Canada, so that's, you know, it's an international trip for us, but it's not too far. And I declined um, mostly because of costs. And, you know, the truth is, could I have, you know, gotten the, the money together to go to Las Vegas for a long weekend? Probably. But that's not where I want to spend my discretionary income. And I think that's okay. I don't think brides and grooms should have a say over where their wedding party or their close friends spend their discretionary income. Like just because you are getting married, it doesn't mean I owe you you know, my free time and thousands of my dollars and my limited vacation days to go on a trip to Vegas when that's not something I want to do. Yes, I want to celebrate you. Yes, you know, I, I want you to have a good time and I want to honor this big moment in your life. But that doesn't mean I want to put down, you know, $3,000 to spend a weekend in a place that I'm not going to enjoy. And I think that's the huge difference between a bachelorette party and just a girl's trip. If it was just a girl's trip, if that same bride had come to me and said, hey, like, let's go somewhere this year, you, me, and our three other friends, you know, then all of us would get to talk about it. Okay, where do we all want to go? You know, when is a good time of year for all of us? How much do we want to pay? You know, what's the budget? What kind of activities are we all interested in? Um, you know, are we just going with people we know? Or is it just going to be, you know, a bunch of randos that just the bride knows? <laughs> there's there's a ton of differences. And I think it's a little bit... Um, a little bit of the of BS, really, when brides say, oh, it's just a girl's trip, you know, this is just something I would love to do with all my girls, like, unless you and your girlfriends are, you know, every year going to Mexico or wherever, Las Vegas, Bali, uh, Nashville, whatever it is, like, if you guys always do these girls trips, you know, every year, not because it's a bachelorette, but this is just something your group of girls do, it's the exact same vibe, and you're basically saying, hey, for this you know, girls trip this year, let's just do it as my bachelorette. That is a totally different story than you and your friends have never traveled together. <laughs> you have totally different interests and different vibes, different budgets, and you decide that you're going to plan this big international bachelorette and everyone just, you know, that's, that's where their money and their time has to go. On top of it being, you know, extremely expensive, it's also just really hard to coordinate the budget. I know there are different apps in terms of like splitting the bills and things like that, but it's still really uncomfortable, especially when you think that if you're bringing together, you know, all of your bridesmaids or all of your close friends, they might not all know each other. So it might be really weird to go up to someone you've never met before and say, hey, don't forget, you need to Venmo me $600. And what if they forget? What if they keep stalling and don't do it? Like that's a really awkward position to put your bridesmaids or your close friends in. There's also the whole issue of whether or not the bride should pay. I'm definitely on team bride should pay, especially if this is something that she is organizing or she really wants to, to make happen. I think she should pay for herself. But a lot of people think the bride or the groom, you know, shouldn't pay and that everyone else should split their costs, which again is another huge expense. Um, and even if the bride does pay her own way, like let's say she pays for her hotel and her flights, there's probably a good chance that everyone's going to pitch in to buy her, you know, a gift or some decor or drinks or dinner or things like that. So it really does add up. You also have the issue of, you know, people dropping out if they don't have enough money. And again, I think it's really important that you do tell your bridesmaids, your friends, hey, if you aren't able to make it, please just let me know. No hard feelings, whether it's a money issue or not. And it doesn't have to be a money issue, right? They may just not want to go for whatever reason. Um, but it can be really uncomfortable if it is a money issue, like knowing, hey, I can't afford that. Or if I do afford that, you know, I really have to cut back on some other things that are important to me. Or I feel uncomfortable telling the bride I can't afford that. I don't want her to know about my money issues or you know, whatever it is, or hey, if I don't go, I'm going to miss out on this bonding time. It's just really uncomfortable. Like, however, people who do go and have to stretch the budget or people who stay back and feel like they're missing out. It's just, yeah, 
it's it's ugly and it's on top of all of the other expenses that we're already asking our bridesmaids groomsmen close friends to pay so just to be in the wedding you know there's a good chance your friends are having to pay for travel whether that's plane train car rental whatever it is a hotel room for a couple nights they have to buy their outfit you know a dress a suit shoes jewelry um, hair and makeup is usually something that the wedding party is paying for. Any shopping trips, if they had to come out shopping with you for your dress or, you know, go shopping for their own outfit, that might have been time off work. Or maybe they had to fly to your city to do those shopping trips with you. Any crafts they might have helped you with, you know, any DIY projects. Perhaps they put on a bridal shower or an engagement party for you. Um, as well as gifts. They probably bought you a gift for your shower, for your engagement party, as well as your wedding. So adding all of that up, we're already in the thousands of dollars. Easily. Easily it's thousands of dollars. And now you're tacking a big bachelorette party on top of that, which is going to be, you know, another couple thousands of dollars. And it's just, it's just a lot. And I know there are so many people out there who happily pay that, who understand that that's what it costs to be in a wedding, but it's, it's a huge expense. And I don't know about you, but like me and my friends, you know, when we hang out, we usually go for dinner. Maybe we pay like 30, 40 bucks each to, to eat and to have a drink. Um, we very rarely pay for each other unless it's, you know, a special occasion, a birthday or something like that. Even then, I mean, I'm in my late twenties. I'm not buying birthday gifts for my friends really. So it's just kind of obscene to me that, you know, because it's a wedding, we all of a sudden can kind of demand our friends pay thousands, literally thousands of dollars to be involved in our special day and to look how we want them to look and celebrate us, you know, in some far off international destination. And I know that there's definitely a push for more transparency around costs and being upfront with our friends about it and giving them an out of like, hey, if you don't want to be in the wedding party, that's totally fine. But I think we're not quite where we need to be with that yet. I think there is still the expectation that people will want to be in the wedding party, that they will say yes to all these these costs. And I know so many brides who say, oh, I told my, my girlfriends all they have to do is buy a $200 dress and that's it. But that's not really it because you're forgetting about hair and makeup and shoes and hotel and uh, plane tickets and gifts and showers and time off work and all these other things that really, really do add up. So cost is definitely a huge one and something to keep in mind when planning your bachelorette or bachelor party. The next thing I want to discuss is sort of just the planning logistics. So it's incredibly awkward to try to plan anything with a group of people who don't know each other, or even just, you know, even if it's a group of people who do know each other, it's hard to coordinate when you have that many people. And often on these big, you know, bachelor, bachelorette parties, it's at least, you know, five, six, 15, 20 people. And it's super hard to try to coordinate schedules for all those people, make sure that they're all, you know, getting what they need, doing activities that they want to do, coordinating, obviously, the costs we already talked about, but trying to like split costs and make sure people are getting paid on time and no one's out a bunch of money up front. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like herding cats. It's very difficult if you've ever had to try to get um, people where they need to be, even just, you know, getting people at Christmas dinner to go from the couch to the table is a lot of work. So now imagine trying to get 15 girls spread out around the world to Mexico for the same weekend and have all the same activities and stay in the same house and have transportation and all these things. It's a lot. It's a huge thing to coordinate. Um, and often that falls on the maid of honor or, you know, one person from the friend group. And that's like a huge thing to put on their shoulders outside of all the, the money they're spending. You're now asking them to essentially be, you know, a travel agent and plan this whole big event and, and coordinate with everyone. And that's super difficult, especially if the bride or the groom 
is not giving their input. There's a whole thing about, you know, the bachelor or the bachelorette party should be a surprise. Um, you know, the maid of honor is just going to go off and plan this whole thing and the bride's going to love it. And that's really difficult because, you know, it's all about setting expectations. No one can read your mind. So you might have a bride who's really upset that, you know, she didn't get to do wine tastings. That's all she wanted to do, but she never said anything. And the maid of honor didn't know that. So she planned, I don't know, an escape room or paintball or <laughs> dancing at the club, whatever it is. Um, it's really difficult. And that's just one person, you know, that's the bride, obviously, arguably the most important person at the bachelorette, but it's, you know, there's also the rest of the group. What if the rest of the group is really into, I don't know, reading, <laughs> they want to go read by the beach and the one person who did all the planning assumed everyone would want to go hiking or something like that. It's super, super difficult, especially if you are planning a bachelor or bachelorette party in current times, obviously with the pandemic still raging pretty hard around most of the world. Even with vaccines, a lot of the world is uh, difficult to travel right now. The concerns of international travel are huge. You might have to test, you may have to quarantine, um, you know, just jumping through different hoops. That's a lot to logistically organize. And God forbid, what happens if somebody does test positive, right? Um, what's the plan? Are, you know, if one of the bridesmaids tests positive, are you just leaving them in Mexico for two weeks? Okay, they're on their own. Sorry. You know, they're going to get fired because they can't take that much time off work. Um, it's just, it's huge. It's a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of stress, unfortunately, for the person organizing, for the people attending, for the bride, the groom, whoever is, you know, the the celebrant at, at the party. It's a lot. It's stressful to plan it. It's stressful to not know what is happening. It's stressful to be in a situation where you're like, oh, I'm really, I'm not comfortable, um, you know, being on a boat all day. I get really seasick or I'm uncomfortable wearing a bathing suit or I'm scared of water. I can't swim whatever, I have, you know, some immune issues, and, I, and I'm not able to be away from a proper bathroom for that long, whatever it is, you know, there's just all these little uncomfortable things that happen when you have to plan a big event, especially when it's an expensive one. And especially when it's with people, you know, you don't know, there's a good chance your your whole group of friends don't all know each other. So that can be really difficult. And I think those planning logistics are definitely something you want to keep in mind. So at the end of the day, I think it really does come down to, you know, what is the point? You kind of have to ask yourself, what what do I want out of this? Um, is it just that I want a weekend away with my friends? Um, do, I, do I need to dictate how my loved ones spend their time and money and tell them how to celebrate me? No. <laughs> do I really need to be the center of attention? Won't that be, you know, won't the wedding be kind of all about me? Do I need to have this four-day, five-day long weekend that's also all about me? Um, couldn't it just be about celebrating with my friends? Do I need to celebrate my singleness? You know, this whole thing, this night of sexual debauchery, do I really need to have an event like that at this point? Isn't it assumed that I'm, you know, pretty monogamous, pretty committed to this person I'm going to be marrying? Um, I get that it's just, you know, it's a fun thing. You know, you have some dancers, you have some hilarious penis shaped hats or whatever it is. But then, you know, you do hear those horror stories of the, the bride or the groom who goes too far with the dancer or something like that and feelings get hurt, lines get crossed. So is that something you know you want to be worrying about um do you need all your bridesmaids or groomsmen do you need them all to be best friends is that an unrealistic thing to put a bunch of 20 30 somethings in a room together from different periods of your life you know your sister your cousin your friend from high school your work friend your college friend whatever put them all in the same room and expect them to be best friends do they need to be best friends um you know they're all important to you but do they all need to be important to each other is it enough that they just you know get along and can you know do what needs to get done on the wedding day do they really need to have a group chat that that they keep up for the rest of their lives 
um, what do you actually want to do? There's all this pressure, you know, to, to really like keep up with the Joneses, to have that huge, big bachelorette party weekend, to go out every night, to go partying. But if that's not what you enjoy, then, you know, why are you doing it? Why are you making it this four day long thing of, you know, drinking and partying and clubbing and outfits and makeup and heels if that's not your thing? And finally, why am I raining on your parade? <laughs> Obviously, this one is a bit tongue in cheek. I understand this whole episode is, you know, it's a bit negative and I really am raining on parades. And I do just want to say I am so okay with you having fun with your friends. I think that's awesome. And having a weekend away is amazing. I would love to have a weekend away with my best friends right now. I'm just saying it does not need to be this big thing that is so expensive so time consuming, so stressful, you know, puts so much pressure on the bride, on her friends, on everyone to just make it this huge, epic, epic, you know, long weekend that's just going to hurt everyone emotionally, their wallets. (laughs) It is okay to have friends, or sorry, it's okay to have fun in a really low key way with your friends and still get that same experience without, you know, making it this huge production. All right, so now that I have sort of uh, shit all over (laughs) bachelor and bachelorette parties, I do think there's ways to still have a bachelor or bachelorette party, but just doing it, you know, doing it better. So first, I think the most important thing is you need to decide why you want it. What is the point? Is it, are you doing it just because you've been told you're supposed to do it? Like this is just next on your Um, the not.com's list of things to do for your wedding? Are you feeling pressured into it? Like maybe you have some friends who are really, you know, pushing for it. Is it just something you've seen all over Instagram or the wedding media and, you know, you feel like you have to? What is the point? And if you are going through with it, you know, what do you want out of it? Do you really need a moment to celebrate how, you know, your last night of being single? Do you need all eyes to be on you? Or is it more about hanging out with your friends and having that time away before, you know, maybe life does change. Maybe you have to move once you get married. Maybe you'll be spending more time with your partner. So this is kind of your last like hurrah. Um, I argue that that is probably not true in our modern day and age. It's not like, you know, oh, once the couple's married, they Um, you know, immediately stop hanging out with all their single friends. Like there's a good chance if you and your partner have been together for a while, you figured out how to maintain friendships and that's not going to change as soon as you get married. Um, But you know, just what is the point? Really asking yourself, hey, what is the point of this party? What do I want to get out of it? I think that'll also help with setting your expectations. If you realize that, hey, the point of this weekend is just to hang out with my friends, or the point of this night is just to hang out with my friends. And it's not about getting the most gorgeous photos and making amazing TikTok videos or, you know, getting into this exclusive club, whatever it is. Next, I think it's really important to know your friends and know yourself. So in terms of interests and budgets, um, again, you know, don't do a night of drinking at the club and bar hopping and wearing whatever uncomfortable outfits and all that sort of thing. If that's not your thing, like if that's not your thing, that's totally fine. I've seen so many great ideas for bachelor or bachelorette activities, like, you know, paintball, arcades, um, axe throwing, escape rooms, wine tours, spa days, craft parties, you know, whatever, picnics in the park, beach days, hikes, whatever it is, you don't have to do the stereotypical go out to a club, stand on the bar, get drunk sort of thing, if that's not your deal. And if that's not something that your friends are into, because as much as this party is about you, if you are inviting, you know, 5, 10, 15 of your closest friends, you probably want them to have a good time as well. You also want to know, you know, your own budget as well as your friend's budget. And of course, it's impossible to know what is going on behind closed doors. You'll probably never know 100% what your friend's 
um, financial lives look like. But having an idea, you know, when when you and your friends get together, is it okay for, you know, do you guys usually go for a nice dinner with drinks? Or is it usually everyone sort of packs their own meal or, or you go over to someone's house? You kind of have an idea of what your friends are comfortable spending or not spending on something like this. Remember that it does not need to be this huge weekend in a, you know, Caribbean city where you fly there and you stay at a fancy hotel. Like it really, if you're doing it for the Instagram photos, like just, just don't, you don't need to do that. You can have, you know, just as much fun, just as amazing a time, just hanging out with your friends in your, in your town, in your city, you guys can spend a Saturday together or something like that. Um, you do not have to go away for the weekend. It's kind of wild to me that's become the norm that the expectation is that the bachelor or bachelorette party is going to be this, you know, four or five day long thing that everyone has to go away for and attend and spend tons of money on like that. That doesn't have to happen. It is totally fine to downsize. It's also fine to just opt out. If the whole idea of having something like this is, is just not your thing, that's so fine. I'm not having a bachelor or bachelorette party or sorry, bachelorette for myself. Uh, my partner is not having a bachelor party. It's just not our thing. We don't um, feel a need to celebrate sort of our last night of singledom. <laughs> we don't have a need to hang out with just, you know, our same gendered friends. We love to travel, but we certainly are not forcing any of our friends to get on planes and you know, pay for hotels and things like that in this time. The only thing I'm doing is the day before my wedding, I'm going to go get my nails done and I'm going to happy hour drinks and appies with like my mom and my sister. <laughs> um, pretty small, you know, a little group of us maybe will go and do those things. And it's just to hang out. And, you know, we wanted to get our nails done anyways. And my family's flying in from out of town. So it'll be nice to see them. But it's certainly not, you know, a big bachelorette weekend in, in Bali or Paris or whatever it is. And that is so fine. My last tip, and I've said this one already, but is just as the bride or as the groom, be involved in the planning. Don't expect people to read your mind. Tell your bridesmaids, groomsmen, close friends exactly what it is you want, what you're expecting. Be upfront about the cost and honestly be okay with people dropping out and not one or two people. But like, what if this just doesn't work for your whole group? You know, maybe even survey your group. Say, hey, I would be super happy with if if you want, you know, I'd be really happy if we went to um, you know, Mexico City for a week. I'd be really happy if we went to Nashville for a weekend. I'd be super happy if we went on this cool hike I heard about here in our hometown. Um, or if we did, I don't know, drinks in my mom's uh, pool or something like that. And maybe send that out as a survey to your group and they can sort of maybe even anonymously choose which one that they would be most into. I think that's probably a better way to sort of gauge what your friends are into versus saying, hey, this is how much it's going to cost to go to Mexico for a week. Let me know. And then people, you know, it gets uncomfortable if they can't afford it. They have to drop out. They have to stretch the budget, whatever it is. Um, I think those are all my tips. And it's hard for me to kind of summarize what I'm saying here. But basically just, you know, it really does feel like bachelor or bachelorette parties have gotten a bit out of control and we're just expecting a lot from our friends. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of stress and planning and set, could set us up for a lot of disappointment. And I don't mean to rain on anyone's parade. I'm sure a lot of people love the part, wedding parties that they've been to, you know, the bachelor and the bachelorette parties. They've had a great time, best time of their lives. They made the best friends. They are, you know, so happy to spend money on these things, but it's not for everyone. And it's totally fine if it's not for you. And to try to, you know, make the best of the situation, just make sure you're really honest with yourself about what it is you want. Um, make sure you're clear with that with your friends, letting them know what you want. You're keeping everyone's sort of interests and budgets in mind and that you're doing it for you and for 
your friends and not for Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Thank you.